0: I'm Charlotte and I'm Helly and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. It
1: feels like a miracle that we're recording this, quite frankly, because this is our third (laughs) attempt now. (laughs) It's actually ridiculous. We've had some uh,
0: uh, fairly major technical issues this past week. So we do apologise in advance if um, anything does not sound... um, what was, what was I even saying then? Anything does not sound too great. That's awful English. Clearly, my brain has stopped functioning along with all of the technology. Um, but yeah, hopefully this will work.
1: Yeah. And we have mics on the way. And as soon as they arrive, I feel like the international setup will be much better. But um, yeah, there were a lot of technical issues associated with recording when you're the other side of the world from one another, apparently, that we just weren't aware of. <laughs> But of course, we just tackled it full on and decided we could do it anyway. I feel like that's how we've done this entire podcast, that it's just like, hey, it'll be fine and kind of gone in with some naivety. And if I, if I don't think we would have actually ever done it if we hadn't done that. Do you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, otherwise we'd have been second guessing everything way too much.
1: Exactly. But anyway, how, what have you been up to in the past couple of weeks? Um,
0: it's been pretty full on the last couple of weeks, but we are finally... Um, settled in we've got all of our furniture the mattress isn't on the floor anymore um we bought a 20 dollars bedside table from an op shop which was really exciting it completed the room um and yeah it's just been really nice that we've we've kind of been socializing meeting new people and the most ridiculous thing ever happened this week. I played a basketball game.
1: (laughs) How did that go? I saw your Instagram story that you'd gone and I can't wait to catch up with you about it because when we originally recorded this, you hadn't even been yet.
0: Yeah, so I thought I was going to die. It was absolutely awful. For anyone who knows the rules of netball, you have to stand like three feet away from your opponent. Um, It's a non-contact sport. You can't smack the ball out of someone's hands. Basketball is the opposite of that it's like full-on contact and it was mixed teams as well so guys and girls on court um and it was terrifying and they needed another woman on the team which is how I ended up filling in because I met this guy who was like yeah come along it's kind of like netball that was a lie um was <laughs> not accurate at all so I basically spent 40 minutes running up and down court. I mean I got a great cardio workout let's put it that way if we're looking at silver linings great cardio workout but it was on Wednesday which is pretty much the hottest day of Melbourne summer so far and it hit 36 no yeah no it hit 41 degrees um and the hall we were in didn't have AC so that was thrilling so much fun um I don't know if I'll do it again but hey this whole thing is about having new experiences and getting outside my comfort zone so I'm gonna just add playing a basketball game to that list I think.
1: (laughs) I mean that sounds like quite the experience to be totally honest with you I'm not sure I feel like the only similarities then are like it's to do with a ball and a basket.
0: Yeah you've got to (laughs) score as many in one go I mean it yeah it was it was interesting it was fun but um yeah we ended up going to a party with the same group of people yesterday um which was really fun so at least I kind of got to know them a bit better rather than completely failing and just sweating all over the basketball court so that was nice I think it's but,
1: important um, that you just go and give these things a go as well at the end of the day well, like, like you said like you're new in the town and you don't know anyone and all that kind of thing it's nice to just go and give it a go and if you don't want to ever do it again you don't have to yeah that's the
0: thing I'd rather just it's all about new experiences here and I'd rather do that and it's meant that I've met some people and we've had loads of kind of fun sociable opportunities this weekend and part of it came from the basketball so I don't know I always like putting myself out there to do like slightly different things and if it doesn't work out well you tried it anyway so exactly
1: um but what about you what have you been up to I feel like I've got into full Christmas mode and I know it is a little bit early and I definitely didn't feel this festive actually I don't think I felt this festive or this early for quite a few years um, but for some reason, this year, like I've been in full Christmas mode for over a week.
0: Oh, nice!
1: Yeah, and this, and then yesterday, I took myself off to the cinema to see the new Christmas movie, Last Christmas. And uh, which one is that? Who's in that? So it's got Amelia Clark and the beautiful Henry Golding, and oh, yeah. it's written by Emma Thompson and someone else. I think it's her husband actually who wrote it with her. Um, and it's just a really heartwarming charming cozy Christmas movie I cried obviously because that's now something (laughs) I do at everything um and it was just really it was just a really lovely heartwarming film so you know if you're in the mood to get a bit festive but it wasn't like I don't want to give anything away but it wasn't um it wasn't like a super 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 cheesy movie because all the reviews have been like it's crap it's cheesy it's awful no, it's not going to be like the best movie you ever see. But I actually think it was really good. I thought it was very relevant for like, it was a very 2019 Christmas movie, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not allowed to get festive yet because now I live in a house with two Americans and Thanksgiving's not happened yet. So apparently I'm not allowed to feel festive or mention Christmas until Thanksgiving has passed.
1: It's fine. You've but... only got, what, four or five days and then you can go for Christmas.
0: Yeah, but we did buy Christmas stockings today because they're really cute and had reindeer on the front.
1: (laughs) Are you guys going to celebrate Thanksgiving? Are you doing something big for that?
0: Yeah, we're going to just, like the four of us in the house and maybe invite our neighbours as well and just do a really big kind of Thanksgiving meal the way that Americans would usually do it. Because, obviously, I've never experienced it before. And um, Mitch, who's um, the Australian housemate, he's never really experienced it either. So it will kind of be a... Half American, half new to the whole Thanksgiving experience. Um, so yeah, I'm expected to do a lot of cooking, which is slightly terrifying because I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Thanksgiving food.
1: That's fine. Watch some episodes of Friends. Go and watch the Thanksgiving episodes. Draw your inspiration from Monica, and you'll be all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely Monica, and not Rachel. I don't want to make like a half British roast dinner trifle.
1: <laughs> I mean, show me our recommendations.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds like a good idea
1: can i go first um, one of mine is quite festive i feel like it yes looks nicely so this year holland and barra are doing a brilliant vegan and gluten-free christmas range Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. it means i did have my first mince pie in october um <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure some people will judge but they are my favorite things and just for anyone who isn't british mince pies are not pies with animal mincemeat in them they are it's like I don't know how to describe it. it's like fruit mince it's a really yeah. misleading name
0: yeah it's mint it's minced up fruit in kind of like a sweet sort of sauce type thing inside a pastry <laughs> oh
1: they're so good they kind of sometimes they put port in them and that is absolutely brilliant oh yeah oh yeah. Um, so i had one back in october because it was gluten-free and vegan and obviously that's quite a rare combination to find um but they've got an entire range so they're doing like panettone's they're doing tiffin they're doing loads and loads of different stuff so if you or you know someone who's having like a free from christmas definitely check it out because i just like often that kind of stuff can taste a bit dry and crap but actually the mince pies are really nice oh
0: man i could really go for a mince pie right now i'm sad that i don't think holland and barrett's a thing here but there is a lot of gluten-free options here actually so i should actually try and hunt some down for this year
1: you might be able to make mince pies as well It'd just be getting hold of the mince meat that might be a bit of a struggle
0: yeah although they have aldi here and i did see mince pies in there earlier so
1: yay you can have mince pies
0: Yeah, it's very comforting having an Aldi. I didn't realise how much I loved Aldi, but I like that they have it here.
1: (laughs) It's like when Alex moved to Prague and his favourite shop became Marks & Spencer because they had a huge Marks & Spencer there. And he's like, it's just so comforting to go in somewhere that you really recognise. Yeah. (laughs) What's your first recommendation? My first
0: recommendation is slightly niche in that it will really suit people who are planning a trip to Australia. Um, but it's an app called WikiCamps Australia. And I know there's a lot of people out there who do come to Australia for an extended holiday or they do the kind of van life camping around Australia or whether it's a gap year or a working holiday visa. But if you're doing any of those things, WikiCamps Australia is kind of a must-have app because it has every single camping location all over the country in this app um, and all of the information that goes with it. So the facilities that they have there, whether there's, whether there's electric hookup, whether there's hot water, what the bathroom facilities are like. And it also has um, free camping locations as well, like wild camping, which isn't, it isn't very common in Australia. It's not legal in most places. So this app actually lists where it is legal and where you can just kind of set up camp on the side of the road. So I think if you are going to do that kind of trip, even if you're only planning on maybe doing some sort of road trip from like an Australian city for a long weekend or something like that, having this app is so useful and it works offline as well. So if you are a bit further out, you don't have to worry about not having that information about where your next stop is or where you're going to be staying that night. I think we've not really had a chance to use it that much yet, but definitely later this year, I think that's going to be really useful for us when we're doing some longer trips.
1: That sounds really cool I mean as we know camping is not really my thing but I would quite like to like the camp and drive thing in Australia because it does it like a really great way to see more of the country.
0: Yeah I think that's why because Australia is so huge and there's so much to see and it's really spread out that's kind of one of the easiest ways to get around so yeah definitely a really useful app to have and the fact that it works offline as
1: well. Very nice. Um, What's your second recommendation? Again, I'm recommending a podcast, which is pretty much all I seem to do at the moment. Um, But I just listen to them all day every day, so I feel like I get through them pretty quickly. But this week's recommendation is the Shagged, Married, Annoyed podcast, which is hosted by Chris and Rosie Ramsey. If you're watching Strictly, you might be familiar with Chris Ramsey, or you might just be familiar with him because he's a famous comedian in his own right. Um, But at the start of this year, he and his wife Rosie started their own podcast, and they basically just like it's a bit hard to explain they kind of just talk about their life and they do a section called what's your beef and they share like their beef with one another um and then they have like listeners write in and give them questions and they're always the most hilarious random Mm. and quite frankly crude questions um and then they get a celebrity question at the end and it has me doubled over laughing I just think it's so so funny um and I, I would just really recommend, like, it's very lighthearted. The episode's, like, half an hour to 40 minutes. So they're a nice length. They're quite commuter-friendly length. Um, and it's just been really nice to listen to. Like, they they really crack me up. And that's kind of what I want for a podcast. I can't listen to it when I'm at work because it makes me laugh too much. Um, and there have been a few times <laughs> when I've had to just, like, pause it and, like, take a deep breath. So I now only listen to it on my way in and way out of work. But I would really recommend, I feel like you would love it.
0: Yeah I love those kind of podcasts especially we I mean most people probably know that I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts so to break up that kind of uh genre I do like to listen to something funny so I'm definitely going to give that a listen.
1: It's um it is like a really big podcast I didn't realize how big it was until like I'm about so there's like 40 something episodes so far because I do one a week so I started at the beginning and I would say start at the beginning because there are like callbacks to stuff they've referred to in previous episodes um but they um yeah they're like top of the iTunes charts and all kinds of things it's possible that everyone listening to this already listens to it and it's like when like you recommended sweet corn but <laughs> however it um it is like really funny and I just think it's a really light-hearted look at like just I guess they discuss like marriage sex relationships that kind of thing and general life but I, yeah it's just nice and funny and it just makes me chuckle <laughs> Oh no, I would definitely check that out. What is your second recommendation? Um, so my second
0: recommendation is, it's a New York Times article, um, and it's just, it's a bit of a feel-good article, which I feel like you don't really get that much anymore, because it's always politics, or climate, or something awful happening somewhere in the world, and this is actually a feature-length article interview with Tom Hanks, and I, it is really, really long, um, and I read the entire thing. Like, I've probably spent maybe 20, 25 minutes reading this article, and it is just so heartwarming and wholesome, and I actually felt like I was there in the room with with the journalist and with Tom Hanks, like, all of the anecdotes and the stories and just how the journalist described him. And um, the journalist kind of caveats it by saying, there's this expectation that all celebrities and like Hollywood actors are they, there needs to be some sort of scandal. And as a journalist, that's what you want to have. But she said there is there is no secret scandal. There's nothing going on that's like an ulterior motive. Tom Hanks is every bit as genuine and as lovely as you would believe him to be, to the point where he actually altered his schedule for the journalist because Aww. they were interviewing in Santa Fe, which has an elevation of 7,200 feet, which I didn't know. That is hot. Um, And she'd had to go to an urgent care centre to get oxygen that morning. So he altered his schedule to cancel it and reschedule it for another day so the interview could still go ahead. Like, they'd never met before. Like, how lovely is that just to do it- that? And, um, so it's talking about his new film that he's got coming out called Mr. Rogers, which I don't know that much about, but there's this, it's based on a true story. It's almost like a biopic and Mr. Rogers is a very um, like identifiable kind of every man um, who was a TV personality. Um, I think a couple of decades ago now. And he's Tom Hanks is basically saying that the reason he always plays these characters, um, which are very identifiable and kind of all round good people is because he doesn't feel like he can fake being a bad guy. He doesn't feel like he can play a bad character because he can't understand why anyone would want to destroy something for no reason. He can't bring himself to understand that degree of malevolence. And it's just such a lovely article and it's so genuine. And then at the end, the journalist says, even though people say Tom Hanks is, is a kind of everyman and he's so identifiable he's not at all because how many people do you know who collect hundreds and hundreds of typewriters and have won all of these awards um he is he's the opposite of an everyman because how many people are that genuinely lovely to go out of their way and still be so down to earth when they're that famous it's,
1: it's just so i refreshing do you know what I mean yeah. like it's- I feel like so many people, these kinds of pieces are written on them and you're almost a little bit disappointed or you watch the interview and you think, oh, okay, that they've not quite come across how I expected. But to hear that he is genuinely who he kind of portrays to be is really nice. Like it's really comforting. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. It's just,
0: it's reassuring to know that someone who you always believe to be such a genuinely nice person actually is yeah it's just if if anyone has the time to read it and fancy something really heartwarming if you're a fan of Tom Hanks which I really am um definitely give it a read
1: I am I really want to read it funnily enough after you told me about it the other day I then listened to the Hilo and they discussed it and I was like I've got to go and read this article and I just haven't had the chance to sit down for half an hour to read it but I think I'm going to do that today because it he's just such a nice guy and now I really want to go and watch Tom Hanks movies
0: and now I'm really happy that I have the same taste as the high because I've not listened to it. And now I feel very happy that they're discussing the same article that I'd read.
1: <laughs> You're so sophisticated. It's great. Um, oh, I know. I do really want to go and watch Tom Hanks' movie now. Yeah. Oh, I love them all. I know. Oh. Have you seen Sleepless in Seattle? Not for... I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. I feel like that's a really cosy movie. I mean, all of his movies are pretty cosy. Well, Shawshank isn't that cosy, but... there's just there is do you know what it's him like there's that really comforting element to him being in a movie
0: yeah i love castaway like even though it's emotional it stresses me out like i I love it as well i've never seen
1: castaway
0: it is really good and he has his he has his ball that gets washed up called wilson and it's like (laughs) his friend and then wilson gets washed away and he's like wilson
1: (laughs) no i could have that was (laughs) just like, like a baby Like I just couldn't cope with that. (laughs) Oh man. Um on that note though, shall we move on to this week's topic? Yes, let's move on. So this week's topic is all about friendship breakup, which is something that both of us love getting our teeth into and discussing because it's part of life. Like you're not gonna have it's very rare. I should say for you to have friends from like when you're a complete baby all the way through your life and for every single person you ever meet to like maintain a friendship with them because you meet a lot of people in life. But despite that, it's something that's so rarely discussed, like we know how to deal with relationship breakups and even to an extent like difficult relationships with family members, but I feel like no one ever discusses breaking up with a friend, even though it can be so upsetting and traumatic. Yeah, I think,
0: I mean, like so many of our topics, they don't often get as discussed as much as they should do, but I think why this one's so important is because it's still a breakdown of a relationship, like it's someone who has been in your life for a significant amount of time, whether that's a few months, a year, several years. If you're friends with someone, they've been in your in your life for a reason. And to, for that relationship to break down, it is just as hard as a romantic breakup. And I think kind of discussing the reasons for that or the signs that you might need to look out for, I think it's important because people need to know that it's okay for, for a To have a friendship breakup
1: definitely and i think you know friends fall out and there's always that typical image of like high school girls who have a fight over a boy and then they don't speak again that is so not an accurate representation of how most friendships end in fact i'm not sure any of my friendships have ended like that maybe one but um (laughs) even then like there was more to it than just that and i think Like you said, a friend has been in your life for a reason. It's someone who has been a fundamental part of a time in your life. Maybe it's not. Maybe you've only been friends for a year or two. Maybe it's because you shared a class together at school or whatever. Um, And of course, you know, friendships can naturally fade and it's not so much of like a thing. But a lot of the time, I think a friendship does kind of come to an end quite. I don't want to say abruptly, but I think it can come to quite a definite end. And then you're kind of left feeling like, oh, I don't, how do I kind of navigate this? Because it's not like, oh, you know, I, I've, you know, I've broken up my boyfriend or my girlfriend. It's kind of like, well, this person is someone I talked to about everything or who you'd randomly text and suddenly feel that like you ca- you suddenly feel like you feel can't do that.
0: Yeah, I think, um, like you said, sometimes friendships do just fade. But I think what we're talking about more is kind of an active, not ne- an active decision, but there's a certain point that you reach where you realize it's it has either passively faded out or you're making an active decision to end a friendship yeah both both are perfectly valid and have so many different reasons for happening as well that there's not kind of one in the same way as a relationship there's not a one shoe fits all kind of solution or way to do it but I think it's really important to discuss how to recognize the signs that maybe a friendship has has reached its natural end.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes you have those friendships where you think, okay, this has come to a natural end. Either I can continue to pursue it or I can just let it go. And I think probably that's the majority of the friendship breakups I've experienced is when I've Yeah. Because I know we've discussed before that we're both the type of people who are really um, I guess, on it when it comes to keeping in contact and checking in with people. And I've definitely, over the years, accepted that I'm always going to be a bit more like that than most people, which is fine because that's my choice. But I've definitely had friendships where I felt like I'm doing all of the hard work and I'm doing all of the legwork. And if I don't send the message, we don't speak. And I think I've had friendships where I've gone, actually... This friendship doesn't bring out the best side of me. It doesn't leave me feeling happy and supported, and just generally better when I'm spending time with them. Um, I'm the one always having to do the legwork, and so there isn't really much point to me maintaining this friendship because it doesn't make me happy, and I'm having to do all the work. And I really, I think this whole conversation just sounds a bit harsh, to be honest, but it's a bit of an uncomfortable situation to find yourself in do you know what I mean when you're like oh I don't know if I want to fight for this friendship anymore but I think that's
0: I don't think it's harsh at all I think it has to reach a certain point like some friendships maybe one person does do more work in it than the other if that's something that's fine and it's just maybe one person is better at doing that but the actual friendship is still equal I think that's fine but if it is the kind of friendship where you're doing all the work, you're getting nothing back. It's potentially quite a, a toxic relationship where maybe you're doing all the work and then someone always bails on you last minute, or they they'll drop you for a, a better offer, that kind of thing, where it's something that is, is is painful to you and it's damaging. Then that's where you have to kind of take a step back and recognize that it is unhealthy because it, well, I mean it's a self-esteem not self-esteem issue
1: no I think self esteems fair I think if your friend's constantly counselling on you or when you're with them it brings out a different side to you that you don't particularly like it can kind of damage your self-esteem like I've definitely felt a bit crap about myself in those situations
0: yeah I think that's the thing if it if a friendship is constantly making you feel crap I think it's time you take a step back and think is is this friendship right for me now because there's so many different there's so many different phases in life and i know we've discussed this so much before but someone that you were really close with in high school because you shared the same classes you're not in high school anymore and in the same way you might be really close with someone you met in freshers week because you went out drinking five times a week we're in our mid-20s now again that's not something we're doing anymore and it doesn't mean that it was a toxic or a bad friendship it was just the right friendship for that time in your life and maybe there's a that's the reason why it hasn't carried on but if it's a friendship which is is damaging to you now and is kind of causing you like emotional stress or upset then it's I mean, it's really probably not something worth holding on to. It's something that you really need to evaluate on whether it's healthy and right to keep in your life or whether it's something that you can still salvage.
1: Yeah, I think making that judgment call can be so difficult. I know in the past, because I think I've had that situation where I've gone, this isn't right for me. I'm going to let it fade out. And then if the other person gets in touch with me, then I'll go for it. And I'll kind of like see it as a sign that they want to maintain this friendship. Yeah. Then I've had people where it's kind of been similar, but I know that there's a bit of maybe awkwardness or tension, or you've had a bit of a disagreement, or you just know that that relationship you once had no longer feels the same. Like the dynamics really changed. And again, then I've gone, I've tried to repair it on my side. Let's see just how this plays out. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think you have the breakup, so it's a lot more definite. And I've, I mean. <laughs> as I don't know if we've ever discussed this before, I think we probably have how um, we're both the kind of people who, when any kind of relationship is over, that's it. Like we both kind of go, okay, fine. And we go like
0: stubborn final
1: (laughs) draw that line underneath and that's it. And that is definitely how I am when I end friendships. Like, Um, And I I don't know if that's the best thing. I'm not sure if that's to my own detriment, to be perfectly honest. I don't think it's a shining example of how to deal with relationships. But I think there have been those things where I've gone, this has just reached a point where it is so toxic, so unhealthy, makes me feel like crap, That I've just got to draw that line and carry on. Whether... And that's, to be fair, that's something I did a lot more when I was younger. Whether I would still go about those situations in the way I did then now, I'm not so sure. I think maybe I would try and have a bit more of a conversation. But I also think that you learn that and you develop that by going through those previous breakups. It's like a relationship. You, you know, you're, I don't want to say better at breaking up with someone. I don't think that's the right way of putting it. But if you have experience of doing it before, you just have a better idea of what's good, what's bad so I think when you end a friendship you can kind of look back on that retrospectively and go "Eh, maybe maybe I didn't deal with that in the way I would want to do it now however and this has pointed out to me recently if the outcome is the same like if you would still fundamentally not want those people in your life because of how they've behaved and how you've behaved then it's probably not worth rehashing all the time but just learn from kind of I guess, learn from the experience what you would do differently next time, but kind of still just acknowledge the fact that at the time ending that friendship was the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think you should kind of doubt whether or not it was like the right way to like the right thing to do or anything like that, because if you can take a step back and still recognize that that relationship was doing harm to you, it's the same as a romantic relationship if you can take a step back and recognize that it's not something that's healthy for you then then that's the right decision regardless of whether that person reaches out again I mean obviously that's everyone's own judgment call but if someone reaches out yes that's nice that they've made that step but if you know that that relationship did not make you feel good that there is no point in kind of dancing around did I make the right decision or oh should I be friends with them again because you at the end of the day you have to put yourself first and there are so many other people out there who are better friends and who will be better friends with you and again people seem to have this idea that you don't meet any other friends like once you leave uni and you're out of your 20s you just you know it's difficult to meet friends yes maybe it is But you will continue to meet people throughout your life who you have friendships with, whether that is for a long term or short term. It's not like that's your only option and you have to hold on to it regardless of how bad it is for you.
1: I think as well, as you get older, like I maybe in the past year to 18 months haven't met a lot of new people. But people who I didn't know as well have become really close friends to me because you just develop that relationship and things change. Yeah, have you ever broken up with a friend and like ended a friendship for whatever reason and then gone back because you felt it was the wrong decision or something's changed? Um I wouldn't say I've
0: ever like decisively ended a friendship and then gone back, I think I've given people too many chances when I should have ended it earlier um I think for similar reasons, like we've already discussed, I think I was very hopeful that certain friendships would work out and I'll give it one last chance. I'll arrange one more meeting. I'll arrange one more social occasion. I'll send them one more text. And it's just like one, one thing after another and then getting nothing back or no reciprocation. Just, I mean, I think like the one I can think of in particular, I spent a year, 18 months in that kind of position And then eventually it got to the point where I thought, no, because every time I try and make an effort and get nothing back, I feel really crap. And that was kind of the point that I thought I probably should have let this go sooner.
1: It's really difficult because I think when you're in that situation, you are hopeful because ultimately you have all these brilliant memories with someone. And it can be so easy to kind of sit there and reminisce about those times and feel quite nostalgic and i know that when i've been in that position where i've kind of gone back to a friendship that's kind of i think what i was thinking of more than whether or not we still had a good basis for friendship and whether the things that like caused the riff had actually kind of been dealt with because we never actually dealt with that so then when we kind of went back to try and have this friendship it unraveled again quite relatively quickly And I was just left feeling like shit. And I just think if you're going to go back to a friendship, you have to then go in with like eyes wide open and kind of say like, hold on, how much of this is me hanging on to the past? And how much of it is me and the other person wanting to really work on the relationship and overcome the things that kind of brought it down? Because I think when you're in a romantic relationship, it's often quite easy to go, well, these are the fundamental failings in our relationship. Can we work on these things? Yes or no? with friendships it's not always as clear as that. Yeah I feel
0: like me and you are the kind of people that we would rather talk an issue out with someone as, as uncomfortable as it is. I feel like we'd rather discuss it and kind of say is everything okay or can we talk about something that's happened but I feel like that's a very uncomfortable... It's not a natural thing. I feel like it's more natural in a romantic relationship than in a friendship.
1: Yeah, and oh, God. that's how I... a lot
0: of things often go unsaid in in friendships. And then people fall out and it's, oh, she said this and he said that and kind of this back and forth. And no one actually knows what's happened until a friendship is over.
1: Yeah. It's really uncomfortable calling a friend out on something because there's always that fear in you, like, oh, God, what if this all goes to shit and the friendship's over? Um, but then it's also so uncomfortable being called out by your friends. however, although it is although it has been some of the most uncomfortable and just generally horrible situations. and let's be really frank, your ego just takes such a kicking. Yeah but I think it's also when a friend has called me out, I think it's saved friendships because maybe I've been acting in a way that I just uh, like I just wasn't aware of and actually. Anytime that's happened, it's been because of something going on in my life that I've not dealt with. And it's not because of them. Um, It's never got anything to do with them. It's always my shit that I haven't dealt with. And I think what it has really taught me is how it's so important to be honest with your friends. Not in just the way of, you've done this and it's upset me. But also just what's going on in your life. And I think that strengthens a friendship. Because... I think now I'm much better at going, do you know what, this has happened and it's really affected me. And therefore, if I'm a bit off or maybe I don't respond to the messages or I say something out of character, my friends are in the loop and they're like, actually, maybe this is something else. Whereas I think if you don't have that and you don't have that dialogue, then it can be quite difficult. And I think then criticism can feel like just criticism as opposed to constructive criticism coming from a place of love.
0: Yeah I think that's a sign of a good friendship if you can have those really frank conversations and it it moves your friendship forward and makes it stronger if you have those conversations and if if someone has that conversation with you and they do it really spitefully or if you have that conversation with someone and they react really badly I, I think that's a that's a pretty strong indicator of what kind of friendship that is anyway.
1: Yeah and I think sometimes that feedback can take time to kind of settle in and there's that period of reflection but. If someone's kind of willing to have that conversation with you or you're trying to have that conversation with someone else chances are that's because they don't want to end the friendship and actually it's like a it's a chance to salvage it and I think ending ending friendships is really traumatic and going through that process of trying to maintain a friendship when it's a bit difficult because of whatever has happened can be really really uncomfortable but if you can get through that that is better than the breakup I think personally
0: yeah but I do feel like our experiences are very like similar or kind of at the same level whereas obviously there are the friend and I don't feel like I've experienced any to this level but there are friendships that are just toxic whether that's at a emotional uh, verbal physical level whatever that is friendships that are just not healthy to be around at all for your own kind of welfare and safety. And And I I think it can, again, be like a relationship, something that's very manipulative can be really difficult to recognize. And I think it, again, it very much depends on like your position mentally and how you're able to deal with it. But I think it can take a lot to end those friendships because of the level of kind of manipulation that could possibly be there. And I do think it's important to kind of to have a network around you or to have, to have resources or some other forms of support because it can be really, really difficult to cut those off.
1: Oh, definitely. I think it's really common to hear of, well, sadly common, obviously, but, like, it's common to hear of people being in, like, romantic relationships that are quite manipulative or even kind of relationships with family members that are quite manipulative. Yeah, but we don't talk about it so much with friends and I think particularly when I was younger I don't think it's the case anymore because I think I'm a lot more um what's the word like I think I'm a lot like family to it yeah maybe it's that maybe it's my experience that has just kind of helped me here but I've definitely had friendships that have been toxic that I have been completely used in and I've been um I've kind of I don't want to say bullied I feel like that is quite an extreme word but there's definitely been that thing of almost being the scapegoat in a group of friends and that entire environment just being so manipulative so toxic and crap for your own self-esteem and actually ending that and acknowledging it can be so so hard because when you're in those kinds of situations you kind of believe that it's you like it's got to be you because why else would anyone treat someone like that and it's never you it is never you it is them and their shit but you can get into that headspace where you think no 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 if I end these friendships I have no friends ever again let me tell you you will make more friends because yeah I feel like we've
0: not a shit human I feel like I'm I'm kind of guessing at maybe what you're talking about a bit here but I feel like I had a lot of similar experiences when I was at school and I don't know if it was an all girls atmosphere that made it happen. I don't know what it was, but in a very similar sort of way. And I do feel like it was because I was younger. I was like, Oh my God, I just have to deal with this because, because otherwise I am going to have no friends. Everyone's going to hate me. Like this person is going to turn everyone against me and I'm going to have no friends ever again. And every day is going to be miserable. And obviously that's because I was, I was young and I had no idea about all the other life experiences I was, was going to have. And obviously I was going to meet more people. And in fact, now I'm only I'm only in contact with a small group of people from my school days for that exact reason that now I know who my friends really were from that part of my life.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to say like, oh, just end the French book, be fine, because I totally, totally understand that horrible fear of um, just being in that situation where you're like, I'm not going to have anyone around me, I'm going to be so lonely and particularly when I am in, I was in school and I think if you're in a work environment as well it can feel quite tricky because there are other dynamics and relationships to take into account but yeah. if you're in that kind of environment where someone is behaving just in a really shitty way, it's manipulative, it's toxic whatever it is, they don't love you and they don't care about you in the way that you deserve because no one deserves to be treated like that and I think ending those kinds of friendships are so difficult because there's so many different layers to it. It's not as straightforward as so-and-so did this and therefore the friendship's over. It's such an amalgamation of so many things that often can sound really little when they're said separately. But when they're all put together, they are actually a really big deal. And taking the courage to say, no, I'm not tolerating this anymore is, can be so, so difficult. But I think as well, it makes the future friendships you have stronger because you appreciate more of what a friendship shouldn't look like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really
0: important. Actually, it's those little things that you don't quite notice. And I notice them more now because I have you guys and i see it in our friendship group and i know that i haven't had that in previous friendships think just things like like if someone can't ever be happy for you and your achievements or if someone's always trying to one-up you or kind of comparing what they've done in a bigger and better way things like that i was just always like oh okay like that's fine no well it's no it's not really fine actually and like being friends with you guys and We're such a supportive group and we're always there for each other, regardless of whether it's the good times or bad times in each other's lives. And I think seeing that difference now in comparison to previous friendships, it it does do exactly that. It shows you kind of what the what the good parts of a friendship should be, what what the good signs are to look out for and how they were missing in previous friendships.
1: Definitely. I think that's the thing. When you end friendships, you can look back retrospectively and learn so much from them. And I think that goes for any kind of relationship in your life. But with friendships in particular, having that breakdown has taught me so much. Like, I have friends now who mean the absolute world to me, but we do not talk regularly. Like, we're both busy we both have completely different types of lives and so we might not speak for weeks even months on end sometimes but the second that one of us sends the other one a message we have a really lovely conversation or we'll pick up the phone or we'll get a date in the diary and we would just talk for hours um, and it will be like nothing's changed and because I've had toxic relationships that have kind of being that thing where other people haven't made the effort, I can recognise that this actually isn't that in the slightest because when we are together, it doesn't feel like that. And instead, this is just how our friendship is and it's the dynamic of our friendship and it's still very equal and loving. And similarly, I've got friends who I speak to every single day and I can understand that that is a healthy relationship because I've had relationships where we've spoken every day and it's actually been very manipulative and just generally pretty crap. And I think even if you end a friendship not all is lost like you've still learned so much from that and it's informed how you will then go on to have other friendships in the future and that's something really valuable to take from it
0: yeah I do think it is just the experiences that you have and as as you grow older and you gain the wisdom and the knowledge but I mean you you do like you're you're so naive when you're younger and you're at school and you think certain things are the be-all and end-all and then later in life, you realise what is important to you and what you look for in friendships. And like you said, every friendship dynamic is different. And recognising what you value in each of those is is just as important as recognising when a relationship healthy or not.
1: Yeah, because I think there's such a big difference between having a relationship that is still really supportive and caring and generally lovely but you just don't get to talk that often versus one that you don't get to talk that often but when you do it's like well that's great but I've done this and oh okay so what that you've got a new job and that's very very different and I just think if you're in the latter if you can recognize that actually maybe on some level there's a reason that you don't talk every single day that isn't just life um Maybe that's a bit of a warning sign for you that you need to reevaluate some stuff because, quite frankly, you don't deserve to be treated like that. But particularly in a friendship, like your friends are meant to support you and love you and care for you, and you're meant to have fun with them. You're not meant to be sitting there thinking, actually, I'm not so sure I want to see this person or they don't bring out the best side of me and all that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. But I feel like that covers everything that we'd like to discuss on this topic. This week, um, of course, we would love to hear your thoughts, your experiences, if you've ever gone through something uh similar. Um, and actually, this is our second to last episode of 2019, which is so
1: mad. This year has gone so so quickly. I know everyone's saying it, but I do feel like it's a bit crazy that we're going, okay, the next episode is just like a roundup of the year, we've got some fun stuff to discuss. but yeah, I can't believe this is our last like, proper topic of the year.
0: Yeah, it's mad. And we will um, we will be taking a short hiatus after the next episode, um, just until the new year, just so we can spend some time with family and friends over Christmas. Um, but we will be back in January with new topics and new discussions. But we would love your input if you have any ideas of um, topics that you want to hear us talk about. Um, so you can contact us um as usual on email which is 20s are hard at gmail.com
1: or you can just dm us on instagram at 20s are hard or you can get in touch on our facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash 20s are hard
0: um and as always you can listen to us and also catch up on previous episodes over the christmas period on uh, spotify acast and apple podcasts
1: Yes, there's plenty of you to catch up with. And of course, if you are enjoying the show, please do subscribe, rate it, review it. We love getting your feedback, but also it really helps other people to discover the podcast on whatever platform you're enjoying it on. So have a brilliant fortnight. We will speak to you in a couple of weeks when we come to you with our roundup of 2019. And yeah, speak to you soon. Bye.